Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Thursday, March 4th, 2021. And today we're talking about our worst NHL player takes. Uh, who knows? Some some other leagues might get thrown out there every now and then just because, you know, we like to uh, compare to other leagues. But right now, boys, uh, we have got some of the spiciest, spiciest takes uh, that we've had over the years as hockey fans, as sports fans, and uh, ones that we were flat out wrong, made us look like idiots, made us look like we would never get a job in the Detroit Red Wings scouting department or any NHL scouting department. Uh, and I'm excited to hear what your guys are because I've got some pretty silly ones in mind. I am Detroit sports editor Noel Bianchi here today, as always, as longtime Red Wings fan and a kidney stone survivor. It's Ethan Smith. Ethan, what's going on, buddy? Not a whole lot. Just surviving. I'm thriving. 30 flirty and thriving, baby. You got to love it. Scott, uh, Scott Bentley from the Bentley show. What's going on, Scott? Same thing, man. We're just out here uh, surviving. As Ethan said, we're just out here surviving, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we got to talk about some of our worst NHL takes inspired by our friend Ethan, who's had some uh, a pretty decent number of them uh, this season. And Ethan, it's not your fault. Like a lot of them were, you know, uh, right off the bat, we're just going straight. Well, I mean, that's that's why we're bringing it up because okay, let me let me me give a little (laughs) bit of context to this. Ethan has been the on the anti Sveshnikov train for at least seven days now because I'm pretty sure we recorded last Wednesday, heading into Thursday, his season debut, and Ethan was like, "Oh, Sveshnikov, yeah, can't wait, can't wait, it's gonna be awesome." Uh, three, three, uh, point per game player later. Uh, now the Red Wings are playing Carolina tonight against Andre Sveshnikov, Genny's younger brother and more, more successful by and large younger brother. And, <laughs> and large, Andre yes. and Evgeny have never played before. Evgeny has been playing well. This would be a really cool opportunity for them as brothers. And today Jeff Blasha would not commit to Evgeny Sveshnikov being in the lineup to tonight or tomorrow, I guess, whatever. Um, you know what day it is. And, and, and I could not believe the way that Red Wings Twitter was foaming at the mouth because Jeff Blaschel couldn't commit to putting Evgeny Sveshnikov in the lineup. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Evgeny Sveshnikov has played very well. I think he deserves to be in tomorrow. And I think being in the lineup gives the Red Wings a better chance to win than him not being in the lineup. However, this is a turn of events I, I simply did not see coming. Yeah, I feel like we're uh, we're getting a little too a little too heated about uh, players that play at the level of uh, Svechnikov. Maybe maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. I, you know, I think it might also just be rebuilding team brother brother thing is some fun. People just want something enjoyable to happen in times like this. So maybe it's just that. But I, I feel like we're getting a little too uh, a little too heated over player of that players of that caliber. <laughs> what universe are we living in? <laughs> it's ridiculous. I one, neither of you guys had anything wrong anything 
on the contrary to what I was saying previously on the podcast about him. That's not true. I don't believe it. I don't even remember it, honestly. <laughs> um, whatever. Good for him. It's what? It's, it's one. It was that and the Sam Gagner thing. And like, he, he, God, both yeah. you guys were on the bandwagon. At least you were on the Sam thing that he probably wasn't going to score, but. There yeah, is. I mean, I and I and I was there never expecting. Is. I was never expecting anything crazy from uh, Evgeny Sveshnikov, but the way that you were so adamant that he wasn't going to do anything, and now he's got three points in three games. You know, it just, is what, it just is what it is. It, in, it inspire. Listen, this is a very long-winded way to say, Ethan, that you inspired me, and this episode therefore is dedicated <laughs> to you. Who wants to lead us off with some of their worst hockey takes of all time? <laughs> That well, that was my first one. Like it's really right for it to be Ethan at this point. Jeez. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, I think this one was. I guess this one was from this year. We'll start off kind of easy. Okay. I thought I didn't think Toronto was going to be anywhere near as hmm. good as they are. I thought they them adding random veteran players wasn't really going to work. I didn't see where Thornton really fit in the lineup, and then Wayne Simmons was kind of. I, that was another one that I felt like they were just adding, I guess, pieces that they didn't necessarily need, but I, I was way wrong on that because they've been looking phenomenal, even with goaltending issues or like injuries with Anderson, like they're still fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think that one in principle is that, I mean, like, obviously, you know, they are what they are, but I mean, I can, I can at least see logic as to why it kind of looked like they were mismatching during the pre, like just Thank piling you. pieces together. Yeah. That's actually, I had the same take about the Canucks. The difference to me between Toronto and Vancouver, because I think a lot of people were starting to put them on the same level, is that Toronto's core, uh, while still pretty young, is I, I think more inexperienced and just overall like more talented. Like they're, they're more, uh, they have more consistent NHL players on their team. And you see what Vancouver did. They were like, oh, hey we have something here. Let's try to get better this season. And then they started plugging and playing with a whole bunch of, with the supporting cast and it just hasn't worked out for them. I, I, I don't, I, I agree with you there. I see why like that is a uh, concern, but I think the one thing that helps the Toronto Maple Leafs is that Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, like those guys are leaders in and of themselves now. About to, yeah, good for them too. It's nice to see those kids, those guys coming to, coming to age and really becoming like i guess because it was more of like a just like a hey we're gonna go and play hockey with like you know 19 year olds you have like three stud 19 and 20 right maybe a 21 year old so it's nice to see him actually starting to embrace maybe the nhl lifestyle was that the right word yeah sure, yeah, well, sure. why not sure um so I'm going to, I'm going to go next because I think it's something that probably everybody uh, on this podcast and listening at home probably has on their list. And that is the fifth pick of the second round in the 2011 NHL draft. He goes by the name of Tomas Yurko. Uh, me and Ethan have talked about this, like probably at length multiple times on the show. But when I think back to like most incorrect takes, I was so confident that uh, Thomas Yurko was going to be 
the next Pavel Datsuk. Like just the unbelievable. And it was all because of that one video of him in the locker room that one time doing those things where he's like flipping sure. the fuck in the air, catching that. it between his legs. That. Like every, everybody. I totally remember that. I totally remember that. Has seen that. And I remember like, so 2011, I was 15 years old. So like I wasn't, I guess, as like plugged in and, and knowledgeable about like the huge landscape of hockey and all those things. But oh, I remember. Hockey, yeah. Yeah. And, and I just remember thinking, I just remember seeing that video and then somebody being like, Oh, potential first round pick. Uh, like that was the name of the YouTube video, the, the magician or something like that. And uh, basically being shocked when I found out that he fell to the second round, I'm like, what a bunch of idiots. Like, I know this guy's going to be a star. And uh, it turns out it's a pretty good reason he fell to the second round. <laughs> yeah. And then what happened? <laughs> oh yeah honestly okay so for each of these we should go through like have their hockey db pulled up or hockey reference page pulled up uh yeah, let's get let's get so, uh, let's do a little career breakdown <laughs> so thomas yerko has not played this season he played with edmonton last year mm-hmm. had two assists in 12 games the year before that six goals and four assists in 29 games with chicago he just hasn't been able to stay up uh at the nhl level with any team that he's been with whether it be detroit or chicago and in his career 213 games played 52 points minus 10, 64 penalty minutes. That's definitely not magician numbers. No, no. Probably, probably, yeah. He made, probably he not made the goals disappear. <laughs> this oh. is this is a second straight <laughs> episode. <laughs> so we brought up magicians. And I'm actually a huge fan of that. Um, all right, Scotty, give us your first. Okay. Uh easily my biggest actually is um riding off the the cup high that was 08. Uh, we took a goalie in the first round that many people were were rather high on. Me being one of those people, I thought he was a god. Todd McCollum was I, – I, dude, if, if you asked me, if you asked me at, at any point from – he was drafted in 08, from any point from then until uh, probably we got Mrazek, I would have told you that his jersey was going to be in the Raptors at some point. I was, it was, it, dude, there was no one, there was no one I loved more. And like I said, it was, it was just, I, I'm pretty sure it was just, I was, I was in like middle school and it was the, the ride of, we had just won the cup. And then we go back in 09. I'm like, okay, we have this great team and we have this goalie that's coming up. Like it's, it's the future still bright, like hockey town forever. And then Tom McCollum ended up being Tom McCollum who, uh, uh, let me pull up his stats here. Not <laughs> three professional hockey games uh, at, at the NHL level. That is not professional. Um, his debut was in 2010-11, in which well, it's just fascinating numbers, um, where he had three goals against and uh, on eight attempts. So that's obviously great. Wow. Uh, and then he played. He did in 2014. He played two games and went 24 of 25, which is actually, I mean, I don't know how that's really? even happened. I'd have to go check game logs to find out like how that even is a thing. Uh, but yeah, he, there's a four year gap in between his two NHL appearances and that he has not come even relatively close to the NHL since 2015. Um, last time I checked, he was somewhere deep in the Rangers farm system, but I don't even know. He's now 31 because he, he was drafted so young. He's still only 31 years old. Um, I'm not even sure 
where he he his whereabouts are currently unknown uh, as far as I'm aware. But I that is easily easily my biggest flop of a hockey take in, in my lifetime wow. and I would have told you there's a legitimately a solid four to five year stretch where I was convinced he was a hall of famer in the making the crazy thing is that was that was one on my list too he's currently in Austria this is his is first year outside of the I AHL ECHL e- even and even in his last um I'd say his last season he played on three different ECHL teams, nice. and uh, he had seven games in the AHL. Man, oh man, that was that was one of mine too. That you, so I was good, I was bro. so high. On, oh my on gosh, too. I oh, thought man. he was gonna be wow. so good. I remember watching the uh, the draft coverage, and I remember them getting us to be like, oh, like Stanley Cup, like such a great team, whatever. And then I remember specifically, I remember them saying, and now they're adding the best goalie in the draft. And they start showing like highlight stuff. And I was like, oh, no way. No. And I was like, we are in, it's all over. Like wrap it up, like cup for the next decade, still going to be high. Oh dude. I was, I could not have been more wrong about Tom McCollum. So here's the funny thing about that is that like, he did not even really have like that crazy of a draft year. Like, so in 06, no, 07 in the OHL, you had a 918 save percentage, 2.39 GAA. Uh, and then in 2008, which was his draft year, he had a 914 save percentage playing in the OHL. Hmm. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that, like, people were were skeptical of taking Askarov, and he had, like, a 960 save percentage in the KHL during his draft season like that's that's what's crazy to me about the Thomas McCollum pick is because sure maybe he was the best goalie uh heading into that draft but at the end of the day the dude still was not like by any means a showstopper now we had a pretty good year after his draft year he went 926 in the OHL and then 929 uh with the Brampton Battalion but then he played in the World Junior Championships and got absolutely shelled in five games for an 860 save percentage uh, and that was honestly probably the beginning of the end. He really didn't have <laughs> any good hockey seasons after that. He had a uh, 909 save percentage playing with the Toledo walleye in 11 and 12. And then uh, outside of that, we've got a 922 save percentage in Grand Rapids one season and 923 in Grand Rapids. And uh, from there, it pretty much just doesn't, doesn't really. So my, my, the biggest um I, I was looking up like that kind of stuff like stories and, and such um from from when he was younger that might have led people to believe that he was going to be something and i <laughs> you were I so curious find, you had to, you i just had to get to the right, bottom of it i i couldn't find a lot i'll tell you that but one of the craziest stories is in that one game where he gave up three goals on eight shot attempts that was coming in for uh relief and he was so bad that he came out, he he was he came in for relief, gave up three goals on eight shots, and then they put the starter back in the game. That is how horrible of a performance he had. What's funny about it is like I think it was McDonald. I'm pretty sure it was. I don't remember, but it was the, not good. The crazy thing to me is at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure it was. This guy's a first round pick. How do you only get four games in the NHL? Right. Like, like they yeah. if you're a first round goalie pick. An organization is dying just to show your face in that arena. Now I understand the times are different because the Red Wings were good and like every point mattered all the time. Uh, But nonetheless, I mean, that is just some of the 
real unbelievable Unbelievable. like you said like i mean there are especially especially these days like you see there are teams that that the opening week they're throwing like highlight tapes and stuff on the jumbotron of their first couple round picks you know what i mean like this dude played what three three four professional games and and was not good in, in his first appearance like that is that is really rough and especially for um down the road how the goalie situation not that it, ours was horrible i mean we stayed competitive obviously the the next eight years after we drafted him but for uh for what could have been as far as like a, a lockdown kind of tender in in net there would have been would have been a a nice nice piece to have going into those uh those late playoff run years yeah don't worry uh who's the um who's the swedish goalie we have now oh yeah um jesper wallstedt yeah no to that's go in the, the upcoming draft no, the, who's the guy that was supposed to be good this year but stunk? Oh, um, Philip Larson? Yeah. Yeah. Remember, remember Philip Larson was supposed Don't to be good? Don't worry. Wait, yeah. let me let me just but say he's that. Still, like, he, wasn't, he wasn't like the pick that uh, – Philip Larson was a six-round pick at the end of the day. Like, you give him a little bit of slack for that. The fact that Thomas McCollum was the first round, yeah. 30th overall, first goalie in the draft, top player in his position. You just hate to see it. Uh, wow, all right. So brutal. But you know what they say? You can't bet on goaltenders. You know what you can bet on, though, folks? Live sports, the NBA, college basketball, the NHL. They're all in full swing, and you can do it at Bet Online. It's the easiest and fastest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They've got real time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet Online even has you covered for the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device today and sign up and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you enter our promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's a 50% welcome bonus, 5-0% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you enter our promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Fenderoff gives him the business. Today on the Lockdown Today podcast, Harden heads back to Houston with his new team. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Lockdown Today podcast. Subscribe to Lockdown Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, boys, uh, to kick it off for segment two, uh, our producer Brian, we, we were having a little bit of a conversation in the uh, – in the in the in the group chat and uh he said i have a really bad one so i said don't tell us like record it send it in and we'll play it live on the show um and then we'll just kind of get a reaction to it so my worst hockey take of all time and you're all probably gonna laugh at me for this is actually i predicted that Connor mcdavid would end up being a bust in the nhl And that's not because I doubted Connor McDavid. I just doubted the Edmonton Oilers and their ability to develop talent. I mean, if you look at their, I I have history on my side, the 2020 or the 2010 entry draft, first overall pick (laughs) Taylor Hall, 2011 entry draft, number one overall Ryan Nugent Hopkins, followed by 2012, three in a row, Neil Yakupov. The only one who's really managed to make a real name of himself is Taylor Hall. And that was because of one MVP season. And he's struggling now in Buffalo. I, I never doubted that Connor McDavid could be a very good player, but I figured because of the way Edmonton developed their talent or didn't otherwise, that he would end up being maybe a middle six center at 
best. That's the dagger right there. Draft picks and throw them right into the NHL. And I always, and it showed these players. Didn't have an opportunity to adjust. These players didn't have an opportunity to learn the oh, NHL <laughs> or the European professional leagues because it's, it's a different game. It's a better game. So with comp- uh, the greatest hockey player of all time, years leaving. Be- I that's that's. I think we got the just great job, producer Brian. He was no stone unturned. No, he, he, did not. All, he said, I'm gonna get, I'm bringing the receipts. I'm not letting yeah. anyone, I am not letting anyone tell me that, that I was in the wrong here. This is why I was correct. He, you he could, brought it. You could tell that he was in a room pleading to right. nobody. Like, you know, like you could feel the the body language, you could feel everything in that. Agreed. Um, Agreed. How do we feel about that? Because I honestly, like it, yeah, it's easy to laugh. History's at on his side. He says. History is on his side. And I, the next guy that we're gonna talk about, the next guy on my list personally, uh, was the guy on his. So I'm pretty sure you can guess who it is. But the fact of the matter is, like, it's kind of like the Lions thing, where it's like, doesn't matter who lions are gonna draft, they're gonna ruin right. them anyways. Sure. And yes, that has been true. Uh, they and and they've had these anomalies, right? That have broken through Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, and become some of the greatest players of all time at their position, in spite of getting drafted to the Lions. That is the situation that I think Connor McDavid is in. I don't think Edmonton deserves any credit for him not completely <laughs> falling on his face at all. This man is just a uh, a, a, a spirit, uh, not human being. Uh, when it comes to playing hockey. So I, I get what Brian was saying, but I do feel like maybe maybe you should have made a, a special circumstance because <laughs> Connor McDavid was in the news for like five I years remember, before. Yeah, he, yeah he was literally like 13 and they were like, oh, yeah. okay, this kid's going to go 1-1 one, one when he's 18. Yeah. 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 Unreal. Yeah, like I remember like reading up on his like OHL season when he p- posted like over a point per game at 16. Like, yeah, it's the, he's, he was way, way, way too good to right. fail. And if... Edmonton would have ruined him. Like they would have had to have been like relegated out of the NHL. To the- <laughs> <laughs> and also the Brian, thrashers are coming back. Put some <laughs> respect on Ryan Nugent Hopkins name. He might not be a show stopping talent that you yeah. would like to get at number one overall, but uh, sure. for all intents and purposes, Ryan Nugent Hopkins has uh, been a very, very good NHL player since he entered the league, but he did bring sure. up a name that is next on my list. And I'm sure it's somewhere on your, well, it might not be because uh, Nail Yakupov was, uh, it, it was yeah. a weird year that year. Um, I think a lot of people, not myself included, uh, might have projected that he was going to be a bust, but me and Ethan, I remember this. We were not only so hard on the Oilers bandwagon throughout like the, the 2010, what do you say, Ethan, like 2010 to 2014 years. Yeah. We might've fallen off a bit at 14. I think 13 was the cap. Yeah. Um, and so, like, we were both, like, trying to tell our friends, like, dude, these – you guys don't realize, like, yeah, this team's going to be unreal, yeah. you know? And and I was – and because of that, I was emotionally invested in Nail Yakupov's success. And also, I thought Nail Yakupov was hilarious uh, on Twitter because mm-hmm. he was just, like – he was just a clown, and he was a goofball. And that's probably the reason why he never made it in the NHL. But it was part of the reason why I loved him, and I really believed in him. Yeah, I think we probably got caught up in the hype of – uh, the entertainment value because I mean his stats his draft here weren't that good. I'm pretty sure it was a it was a pretty weak draft that one. Um, that was the same one that Galchenyuk went three. Um, 
Ryan Murray was supposed to be, was the number one defenseman, I think off the board. Um, but it, that wasn't a great draft year, but really I was thinking that it's, it's more of a, look, it's just another piece that they have now. And I was like, they're, they're, they have too many skilled players not to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. And they still failed. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. I think they've won uh, a playoff series since they were a game seven away from going to the conference final. I think that's right. all like you can really hang your hat on if you are uh, an Edmonton Oilers fan. Um, but yeah, Nail Yakupov, I was, I was a big believer in that. Like Ethan said, I, I think it had a lot to do with the, uh, the entertainment value of Nail Yakupov. Uh, yeah, who, sure. who's, got, who's got the next one? He was sliding on his knees during like a penalty yeah. shot. Yeah, like, like just some, just some knucklehead in the NHL. <laughs> Going one-one. Man, dude, uh. he like he like tied the game or something, and he's alone on the ice, and he just slides on his knees. He's an absolute psycho. Um, I'll go next. Uh, it's got to do with more drafting. Um, okay. I thought that when Ekblad went first overall to Florida, I thought he was going, I thought without a shadow of a doubt, he was the most hit um, defensive prospect to come into the NHL in years. He was like six four two ten at 18 first overall right shot. Um, I thought he was, I remember thinking that he was going to be like Shea Weber 3.0. Like I thought he was going to be perfect in every asset and he, that really has never come close. And he got his ass beat by Luke Glendening. Yeah. Is yeah that the best? That's all you really need to know about Aaron Eckblad. Yeah. Uh, and he he got taken. And this is the one the one year where Edmonton did something right and took Leon Drysaddle third overall. Uh, Buffalo again. What's funny is that you kind of go through this and you just Buffalo just keeps missing. They drafted Sam Reinhart that season. Um, I can't remember who it was in 2013. But Sam's had a pretty good last couple of years, though. Yeah, but he's not that's a, just he's, your last couple that's years. A, that's a top two pick. Um, yeah, it's a top two. Pick. That's a that's a good one, though. What do you got? Uh, what do you got next, Scotty? Um, mine was a signing that um, when I was in high school, I thought was a fantastic signing, and now uh, in hindsight, I have no idea why I thought it was fantastic. And we bought him out, and he didn't even finish his contract here. Um, Steven Weiss. Yeah. Yeah. I was a big, big Steven Weiss guy back in 2013. It was my, uh, my sophomore year of high school. I, I thought that it was, um, and, and it, it's one of those things where I didn't realize I, I hadn't gone back and looked at him probably since. So I'm going through and I'm like, damn, like whatever happened to him, not only does he get bought out and then just doesn't play in the NHL. And obviously like he had injury problems and stuff, but doesn't play in the NHL after we buy him out the, like, couple of seasons before it wasn't like he was really lighting it up over there you know what I mean like it was one of those things where at the time I think it was just like Ken Holland spent big money and I just assumed like okay well it's gonna work out you know what I mean but uh, in hindsight I have no idea why I was excited and I definitely should not have been excited that was one of the the big ones where, where my buddies and I were very very excited at the time if I remember correctly he was supposed to be the replacement, the defensively minded, but still has some offensive skill replacement correct. to Datsu, correct? He was supposed to. There was a time where when, when we put pen to paper, they said that he was second line center. 
Jesus. They literally, he got paid and he got paid that. I mean, his, he got a five-year deal, right? Like he, the, he was, he was absolutely supposed to be second line center when, when Penn was put to paper. Didn't so, you have, yeah. He, he, let me, can I guess how many games he played for us? Oh yeah. yeah go for on. it. One year, yeah. was it? I have, was I have it pulled year? up. It, oh, okay. I have his whole thing pulled up. 14, okay. uh, he was here for two seasons, two. 13, 14 and 14, 15. Okay. I will say he played a total of oh might be even this might even be over. Is it like 37? It's actually 78. Uh, but no in way. those 78 games, he only had 18 points. Um he was not good, yeah. So not great. The the so thing that he must have been injured the entire he only time. played 26 the first year, but his second year he played 52. Uh, and uh i mean he wasn't year, i forgot wasn't about great that second, that second year yeah. but like he still had 25 points in 52 games the first year was a real doozy four points in 26 uh especially because like doozy. in those in a couple of those years in florida like he was really lighting it up 61 points in 78 games uh 60 points in 80 57 and 80 which is like not the best thing in the world but i think if you're like a, a really saw like sound fundamentally team like that's a guy you can slide in and say this is an important piece on a and like Ethan, Ethan was and like Ethan said like he was supposed to be a, a defensive minded offensive player yeah. like he was supposed to help a lot more and especially with how how you know those were all playoff teams like with how good this and sound those teams were offensively you know paying someone to be a huge help on defense would had a lot of value and it just he did not bring any of it. <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm curious to know. This is kind of like a side topic. What year? What what was the signing? What was the deal? What was the trade that made you give up faith in Ken Holland? Because for me personally, it was oh, that wow. free agency summer where he only signed Mike Commodore. Oh, that's a. I mean, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to. It was it was definitely when he was handing out extensions to a four-year extension to Glenn Denning, a yeah, seven-year extension. Which to turned Edmund. out brilliant. Thank you, Kenny. <laughs> gave Glenn what? Denning I think he gave a five-year deal to Helm. Yeah, yeah the, Hel- the, Helm the Helm one was The bad. Helm expansion, I think, is that's probably what it was for me. You know what's funny, Ethan? I remember exactly where we were. We were together when I found out about the Helm deal. We were driving up to Caseville for Fourth of July weekend, and we were, like, on the ramp at 53 and 23, and I don't know why – that remembers to me, me and Scotty were actually talking about this yesterday, how uh, like we're just complete idiots, but then we can remember the stupidest, most inconsequential things <laughs> in the world because it like his, his example is, oh yeah, Verlander pitched that day. Like, <laughs> but, uh, but like in this example, like I specifically remember getting on the ramp uh, to get on M53 and being like, dude, four years, was it four and a half uh, yeah. or something like that for, for Darren Helm. Yeah. Like that's, and I and I love Darren Helm, but that was like the okay. I think we might be, I think we might be reaching. We're jumping the here. shark here on the loyalty. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a great way to put it. Um, has everybody gone this round? Did you give your Scott? You just gave that one. I just Stephen Weiss. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, one more round coming up. And first, I got to talk to you guys today about RockAuto.com. It's family business serving auto parts customers online for twenty years. Ethan. Uh, let's say you're somebody who's uh you know saving some money what are some things that you are happy to be able to put money into instead of uh you know fixing your car all the time at the mechanic shop um groceries ramen noodles um no no not like the good kind though because you can afford that now right like the i thought i was saving money well you are 
so you can spend it on these things. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. Like luxurious items. Um, I bought like a Furs 1,000 and... pack of Powerade so I can have Powerade for the next three years. That's smart. That's um, just good yeah, business yeah. sense. Yeah, I know. Chain stores, they got different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices, however, are always reliably low and they're just for everybody. I mean, RockAuto.com, they offer the lowest price available rather than changing price based on what the market will bear like airlines do. I think that's pretty messed up. Uh, RockAuto.com does not require a membership or an account login. Best of all, uh, the, the catalog is unique. It's remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly order the part you need before the time it would even take to put on your snow boots and go outside. Uh, so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and just write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. They've got amazing selection, reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. There's an old man sitting next to me. May you love to his tonic and gin. <laughs> Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cohen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, uh, who wants to lead us off for round three? Um, I'll go, just I'm afraid somebody's going to take it. Okay. So... um... We've been talking about Red Wings, kind of bringing it back to them. Uh, it's another draft pick um, that might have been a little early for us to remember the pick. But when he came on the scene, um, when I say his name, you guys will be like, ah, yeah. Jakob uh, Kindle. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I agree. Yeah. And he was like, and, and the thing about him is that like he was a traffic cone. Like, so, so yeah. not only like, was he like, not, uh, not a great NHL defenseman. Like he was, he was bad. Like he, he almost maybe did steal like the whipping boy, uh, thing away from, from Jonathan Erickson for a couple <laughs> years there yeah. in like the Oh nine to like 2012, maybe. Yeah. Um, the thing, yeah. The thing was with him though, is like, he was still young and we were so used to success and dra- every single draft pick we've ever heard of panning right. out that it was like, no, yeah, just give him some time. He'll get better. And it just never happened. Remember a day. Remember the, remember the days where you only knew about the prospects that you had to, you know? Yeah. <laughs> For real. Got, now now you're like, team. dude, Hey, listen, this Elmer's water bomb guy. And no, you never heard of him in seventh round, but trust me, you know, trust me. I don't Sounds like so. we're talking about Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty there much. We go. Um, that's a great one. And he was, uh, he was extremely frustrating as 19th well. 19th overall. Wow. Yeah, you do hate to see that. Uh, all right. Uh, my next one is uh, going to be a name <laughs> that jogs a lot of memories. Yeah. He came into to Detroit in, in 2009. Looked like he was going to be the third companion of the Euro twins with Datsuk and Zetterberg, uh, mm-hmm. but instead became a trade deadline casualty and uh, had one really good season and then never amounted to anything after that. Vili Leno, he came into the, the Red Wings at 25. He had nine points in a 13 games his first season. Uh, not very good the next year. Gets dealt at the deadline, goes to Philadelphia, and I'm like, that, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. 
is Ken Holland messed up. Uh, and then he puts up 53 points in 81 games. Uh, and then from there, he, he just falls off a cliff. He goes 25 points, six points and 15 points out of the league. Uh, but I was, I, I can't remember like what the goal was specifically, but I remember Billy Lano scoring. I should have actually looked this up. Uh, I remember Billy Lano scoring like one of the most gorgeous goals I've ever seen. Um, and, and kind of like a, a Damian Brunner thing. Like they just caught lightning in a bottle one time. And then you're like, this guy's it. This guy's the real deal. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, that's definitely – there's um, – that that whole era, I feel like kind of like what Ethan said in the last segment, like that whole era, we were just so used to so many people just succeeding. Like so many yeah. of those guys just coming up and we were just a factory. You know what I mean? Like anybody who came up was just like, yeah, he's going to develop and he's going to be solid. You know what I mean? And, and so I think a lot – there's a, a lot – Anybody who wasn't like at that level during that era is, is just on the list. You know, it's uh, another player, another pickup, uh, whether it be free agency or a trade, another player going to Buffalo and just falling off a cliff. Okay. Here's it's what it in was. The, it's in the water. So Billy Lano picks up the puck on the, on the right side boards. Uh, as he gets to like, as he's cutting to the middle of the ice, he's trying to like fight off a defender and then he goes spinorama, loses a defender, and like comes all the way back around and backhands it in, uh, and it was beautiful. And then that was the last good goal he ever scored. <laughs> and I and and you know you can't you can't have an entrance into the league like that and expect me not to think you're the, going to be the greatest hockey player that's ever lived. You and can't. You just can't. It's not. That. It's not fair of you to expect that of me. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right, Scott, wrap, wrap us up here. Uh, my last one is not a, not a wing. Um, and this person actually has had a pretty decent NHL career, but um, just not the heights that I thought they were going to reach. If you uh, would have asked like freshman year of high school, me who the best player in hockey would have been at like five years from now, I would have told you Kyle Ocaposo was going to be a guy. <laughs> Um, he went, so obviously like seventh overall, right. And the biggest reason was, is I used to log so many hours on Chell 11 for the Xbox 360. Okay. Chell 11. I urge anybody who for some reason still has this game to go play with the Islanders because Oak Poso is a 99 speed at 22 years old. I kid you not. It is one of the most ridiculous. He, it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. LP. He would, yeah. And he, he didn't have a good shot. He was so weak. If you tapped him, he slid across the ice. He had the most ridiculous speed I've ever seen. So I went, I went, that guy is going to be a god in about five years. And I started watching the Islanders play anytime they're on national TV and I watch him and he had a couple of nice seasons. He had mm-hmm. one year, the lockout year. I think he almost had, um, he almost had a point per game season. Like he had, there a was the year after there. that he had 69 points in 71 games. Yeah, sure. So, so he had, he had a couple of, uh, of okay seasons, but man, I, I really thought, especially with, with some of the, the roster moves they had then over the years and he ended up just being one of them. So it didn't amount to anything, but, but I really thought when the roster turned over, like he would step up and be like first line center and be somebody. And, and 
that clearly never came to fruition and also went to Buffalo. Yeah. And yep, now it's not going to say so let's add that to the list. But yeah, just he, a, uh, just another just another headstone in the graveyard of another casualty. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, man, he was definitely one man because he, he made his debut at like 19. He was a top 10 pick. Oh, man, I, I thought I thought the sky was the limit for him. And, and yeah, he, he signed a uh, what was it? A seven year. Um, yes. Seven years, six million dollar deal with Buffalo. And then immediately got in uh, injuries and he was just never the same. Yeah. Well, the good news is that Buffalo learned from that mistake and then never handed out a, a contract like that <laughs> ever again. So at least they have that to hang their head on. Um, let's go quick speed round for anybody who might not have uh, gotten to another one that for me is Jonathan Drouin. Uh, I love that Halifax Mooseheads team. I think me and Ethan have talked about it before just him and McKinnon. I thought they should have gone uh, one and two that year. And then uh, I turned out to be a big old idiot because Jonathan Drouin um, didn't ever like he, he's just he's an okay NHL player, but I thought he was going to be like the mm-hmm. right up there with McKinnon in the right. NHL. I thought um, from that team to Zachary Fukali, their goaltender, mm-hmm. I thought he was going to amount to something like at least like a backup in the NHL. Um, but because I mean, he was a second round, early second round pick as well, and he didn't he didn't pan out much at all either. So, yeah. Uh, I really liked the Jordan 2-2 signing at the time. He ended <laughs> up playing like four games for us. So I think that's probably uh, one of my bigger ones as well. Were you on the uh, the Eric Cole train? Were you a big fan of that that trade? <laughs> the Eric Cole deal? I mean, okay, here's what I'll say. Jordan 2-2, I feel like the the my my fandom came strictly from the age I was and his name. Yeah, I no, feel like I was just that makes a lot. That makes a A lot and of me sense. being like sixteen. What about the NHL regular Cali Yarncook trade for David Leguan to push us into the playoffs? Yep, that, yeah. that might be the Hell worst. Yeah. My least favorite move. I remember the day they traded for David Leguan. Uh, I was at I was working at the grocery store, and some guy came up to me, and he's like a basketball guy, and he's like, um. He's like the the meat manager, you know, he's a big Red Wings fan. He's freaking out. Like, what do the Red Wings just do? Uh, And I said, I go, they traded for, I go, okay. You know, those guys in the NBA who like, they cannot sniff a double double or like anything remotely close to it if they tried, but every time they play your favorite team, they just go off. And he's like, yeah, of course. And I was like, that's this guy. And now he plays for the only team that he could beat. So (laughs) It, it, I'm pretty not happy about it. <laughs> good analogy. Uh, so um, that's it on that. Anything else before we uh, tell the people goodbye and, and see? Oh, this was a great episode, though. That was that was, that was uh, that's a nice little evergreen episode for you. This was uh, this was real fun. All right, we'll be back tomorrow to recap uh, Carolina and Detroit, the Sveshnikov Bowl. Uh, hopefully, it's a win. Cause they, they got a pretty long layoff after that. They don't play again until Tuesday. Uh, so everybody's got the weekend off. This one's got to count and we'll be back here Friday to recap it all. Subscribe. It's the only way to make sure that that episode is ready for you. When you wake up, follow us on Twitter at L O underscore Red Wings, Scotty Bentley at Bentley, Scotty, Ethan Smith at Ethan Smith. And then myself at Noel Bianchi. So we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Locked on Red Wings, 
your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.